Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I want to turn our attention this morning to the first reading from the Book of Wisdom. Chances are, I was thinking, I was like, chances are if you've been to a funeral, which I know we all have, right? If you've been to a funeral, you've heard that first reading at a funeral. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, right? What you might not know is what we heard in that first reading, that the the words that immediately precede that funeral reading give an explanation of where death even came from in the first place. It's pretty significant, right? Wisdom 2, 23 to 3.9, right? This is where we have the explanation of where death even comes from. It's significant, right? If we're going to understand this drama that we're involved in, this story that we are a part of, we have to understand what is being proposed to us in this book of wisdom. So again, we hear this, that God formed man to be imperishable. God formed man to be imperishable. Pause right there for a moment. Imperishable, meaning like not able to perish. Not able to perish, meaning that death was not part of God's plan for us in the beginning. Again, which is why it's so interesting that we hear this reading, the larger context of this reading at funerals. Death was not part of the plan from the beginning. He did not form us to be perishable. He formed us to be imperishable. Death, which is the the ripping apart, the separation, the disintegration of soul and body, it's a separation of what God intended to be one. Right? Think about what you hear at every wedding. What God has joined together, let no one put asunder. God has put together the human body and the human soul as this integrated whole. The event of death, the disintegration of body and soul, it was not meant to be. It was not meant to be. So Thomas Aquinas, he talks about this in his writings when he asks the question, so what is the state and the condition of the soul after death? Because the body's there and the soul is where? It's in an unnatural state awaiting the resurrection of the body, right? The reintegration of body and soul. Kids ask in the school all the time questions about what we're able to do in heaven. What are we able to experience in heaven? And it's a, it's a, they're great questions, but they're tough questions to answer, right? Because for a human person, for the creature, human being, to experience anything, to be able to think something, to participate in something, guess what you need? A body. You need a body to see something. You need your eyes that are in your body to hug somebody. You need your arms, your chest that is your body. So Thomas Aquinas answers this by saying, if we are able to participate in anything, if we are able to, if we are able to experience anything before the resurrection of the body, that the souls of the just who are in the hand of God, they are being suspended by some supernatural grace that God is giving them some capacity to participate, to experience something, awaiting the redemption of the body. Like that's how unnatural death is. It was not meant to be. I mean, and you know this experientially, we all know this experientially when we go to a wake or when we're in the presence of a corpse. 
right? Clearly something is no longer present. Somebody is not there. It's just a body. And in the presence of a corpse, right, we feel this rebellion rise up in our hearts, especially if it's someone that we loved. I think about my psychology 101 classes back when I was a freshman in college and learning about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and those stages of grief, right? That stage of denial, right? Where you're like, no, this isn't, this isn't happening, right? Then you go through other stages, bargaining and so on and so forth until you get to acceptance. I was thinking about that, processing, thinking about all the wakes I've been to and the, the loved ones that I've lost, and, and I think she's just wrong. And this is what I mean by that, that, like, I, I remember thinking, after my grandpa died in January 2020, I was alone in the room with him, waiting for the... Uh, the funeral home folks to come and receive his body. And I just remember looking at him and just this rage erupting in my heart, this anger at death. She would psychologize it away, right? Like, I remember looking at him thinking, I don't want you to be dead. Like, oh, you're in denial, right? I don't want you to be dead. I don't want you to be gone. I want another baseball season with you. I want to sit with you and talk with you and hear more from you. I don't want you to be gone. I want another hug. I want to hear. He had this signature move when he would come into my parents' house. He would do this little whistle so we knew he was in there. He would just go. That was his move. I remember thinking, looking at his body, I'm never going to hear that again. And I was angry, angry. There's a rebellion there. That rebellion, it's not naivete, it's not, I'm just moving through the psychological stages of grief. It is a signature in the soul of the deepest truth, this echo from our origin. You were made to be imperishable. God made man to be imperishable. We were not meant for a world of death. So how did death enter this world? Why is everything so messed up? Why is everything heading to the grave? Why is death so much a part of our experience? Because the Book of Wisdom explains to us, because of the envy of the devil. Because there's another actor on the stage who is an enemy to our human nature. Right? He is the diabolos in the Greek, the scatterer, the divider. He's the one who divides marriages. He's the one who divides families and parishes and states and communities. He's the one who divides body from soul, diabolain, to separate, to scatter, to rip apart. And so he went to war against humanity, Scripture says, because of his envy. Envy of whom? It wasn't God. It wasn't God that he was envious of. He was envious of us. You've heard me say this before, but it's so important to hear it again. He was envious of us. Envy is different than jealousy. Envy is not just intense jealousy. Jealousy is like, I want what you have, right? Envy says, I want what you have and I don't want you to have it. So what was he envious of? He was envious of the fact that we have bodies and that God has destined our bodies for divinization, 
to unite himself to every fiber of our humanity, to every, every part of our bodies. It begins now. God joins himself to your body. This is my body given for you. And you come forward, you don't just like look at the host, you come forward and you receive him into your body. This is why we call it a pledge of future glory. So the devil, he was envious of the exalted place that God had prepared for us. He was envious of our destiny, that our bodies destined for divinization, full participation in the life of the Trinity. So he goes to war against us. And so through fear and shame and manipulation, he held our race bound. We were in his possession, right? That's what the book of wisdom says. That's what this fallen world is. It's enemy-occupied territory. The world in which we live, it's not neutral. It's, it's Omaha Beach. It's enemy-occupied territory. We were born into a war zone, and in our baptism, we are rescued, delivered, transferred from that dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. And yet, through our own sins, through our own memories and habits and addictions and patterns, we can freely choose to put ourselves back into the enemy's possession. That's what we do when we sin. We put ourselves back into his possession. Friends, this is how Jesus understood his incarnation. This is how he understood it. This is why he says he stormed the beaches of creation in the incarnation to rescue us from death. From death. So today, friends, let us just be reminded that the pledge of future glory that is given us in this Mass, the Eucharist, which is the fruit that hung from the tree of life, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in him, has life in her, that we are becoming more and more creatures that are detestable, distasteful to death, and that we will be spat out by death in the resurrection of the body. Amen.